0: Scott Sanders.
1: <laughs> Derek Anna, what were you doing then? I was
0: counting in. I can't I can't do two things at once. Like, it's really hard. So, uh, yeah. I can't count in and, and and do what I have to do. It's very hard being, you know, leading this show. You yeah. Look, look I don't flustered. think you understand it. You look it. flustered.
1: I don't understand.
0: No. Okay. Welcome to The One Thing, a podcast designed to give you one solid practical tip for gospel center ministry every week. See, that's hard to do. Yeah. That takes a lot of work. This is why you're the boss. The One Thing's brought to you with thanks to Geneva Push, the Australian Church Planning Network, and you have pressed play on episode 27. What to do when the media calls. Now I'm excited about this episode because we've got uh, a friend of mine, a published author friend of mine, Mark Hadley. Uh, who has loads of experience uh, with the media. He's worked with Anglican Media for a number of years. He also uh, works for himself now. He's a script writer, a published author. Uh, he works on TV, you name it. He works on the radio. He loves movies and knows everything about movies. Uh, and ask him about Japanese, uh, Japanese literature as well. He knows lots about media stuff. And so it's great to have him on this episode. I'm not going to welcome him next. I want to introduce the topic because this topic's been really important and it's really interesting how it's all sort of come about. Uh, This American Life, a podcast, a secular podcast in America, has done five episodes on church planting. And as a result, a whole bunch of media guys who listen to this podcast have been listening to it and then have got interested about church planting and then have been asking church planters in Australia, about church planning in Australia, which is something that they've kind of never heard about. And so we've had a number of our planners get calls from the media. Uh, now, I think it's important as well, because I also encourage everyone to actually use the press release as you launch, as you do carols, as you do other initiatives, you can actually uh, you know, utilise the media as well. And so I think this is a really important topic that we're not very good at. And so it's great to have Mark with us today. Welcome, Mark. It's a pleasure to be here, I think.
1: That was a long intro. <laughs> Mark is a very humble man.
0: He doesn't like being talked about, but Mark is a
2: very experienced, and it is really good to have you here. It's um, true. Three decades of working in the media, and I still prefer the other side of the microphone, not this one. So.
1: Yeah, we, the sound quality is not as good on the other side. So <laughs> it's okay. true. Okay, just a little joke. Okay, Mark, planning a church, get a call one day. It's the media.
2: What do you do? With the way you say the media, you make it sound like the mafia. I'm assuming it's one person, though. Well, that's the thing that most people actually treat it the same way. Yes, so they worry. True. They worry about a call from the media, like they worry about a call from the taxation department. Um, something terrible is going to happen, one way or another. So, I guess the first thing you want to say is if the media comes. Just remember, firstly, that's a journalist on the other end. He's probably working for local radio. He, he might even live in your street. Okay, so as a normal human being, he's got a job he's going to do, and it's not all negative. Now, the the struggle is you've got to understand their life and what they're dealing with. So generally speaking, they haven't come with an axe to grind. That's not to say that there aren't programs or journalists out there who are there to to grind an axe and to do it so on the bones of some poor Christian church planter. But the truth is that most people have had an idea for a story about something that is new to them. Hence, the whole idea you know, that news actually stands for north, east, west, south. It's the idea that all this information is coming together. It's all new, okay? And so when they hear about church playing for the first time, they actually just want to understand it. They're not necessarily against it. Uh, if you're not, if you've got a call out of the blue, chances are it wasn't a roll-on effect from some national campaign. It was just a local journalist who had an idea. So don't panic. That would be the first thing.
0: Well, you've given us that caveat, but uh, can I just back out? You know, can I just say no? I don't. I don't want to be on the media. I'm going to say the wrong
2: thing. Of course you can, but don't. Hmm. Okay. The the first thing that I want to say about the back out option is it's not really an option. You know, most people think that if they don't participate, it doesn't happen. So I've actually advised boards and other organisations before where they've said, yeah, we've decided we don't want to be involved in this story when the media contacts them. Now, not choosing to speak is in fact a choice. You know that registers with the media. So we've all sat and listened to news stories where they've said things like chose not to comment mm. um, or refused to respond to inquiries. And that sound, that's like a door knock. Do you know what a door knock is when a journalist comes up with the camera is blaring over his shoulder and he bangs on the door? Nobody looks good mm. at a door knock. It wouldn't matter if it was your mother. It wouldn't matter if it was Mother Teresa when the door suddenly opens, the shock is enough to make everybody look bad, which is why some journalists do them. Um, Uh, but it's the same with the call no one looks good with a refusal so what you need to say if you need to say no is not yet okay because what you have working on your side is the news cycle and that's something to keep in mind uh, that they've got something they've got to get it done by a certain time frame so offer you can be effusive you can actually be really generous you can say oh i really want to help you how can i help you thursday you know, I'm ready. You give me one week and we're on board, you know. And look, it's a little devious, but it's understanding what's going on, okay, if you want to say no. But I'd encourage you not to say no because there are positives to be had.
1: So my, I suppose my uh, inclination is to think they do have an axe to grind. That is my inclination. So, But how do you understand what they want? Because like, so they're not going to tell you up front, are they?
2: Well, basically, I mean, you can ask them, and they'll probably tell you. But uh, look, the reason why you think they've got an axe to grind is because we've all been sold on the media model of the 80s and 90s, which is the conflict model. Okay, So um, they're going to tell one story, they're going to tell the other story, and they call that balance. And they've got to be diametrically opposed. Here's the guy who wants the road through his house. He's the guy who doesn't want the road (laughs) through his house. And and there you go. You've got two sides to a story. But that is not how the media is operating now. Okay, the conflict model uh, dates from last century. We can say that now. Uh, What we are in now is the story arc Model. This is basically how most news stories are going. Certainly, longer format things like you'd find on radio and inside of newspapers. They want to see an arc, so they want to feel like they're telling a real person's story, and it's going to land on something valuable to know, a, a life lesson, generally speaking. Okay, so if you have a journo coming to you, imagine them trying to tell a life arc story with something valuable to say at the end of it. Now, if you're a church planter. Is that not a gimme? Is that not like a a chance for somebody to say, actually, I've got something valuable to say at the end? Mm. You have to put some work in, but these people are coming with that sort of model these days. I'm not saying there aren't people still working on the conflict model, but generally speaking, that's where you'll find them. Yep.
0: Now, Mark, I just want to pause you there. Uh, We want to come back in the second part of our show to to sort of get your advice on what can I do to prepare? How can I get ready for this? But before that... What, what, are, uh, what are three resources that you'd encourage people to uh, reflect on, jump into, to help with this?
2: I'm so glad you asked me. Uh, look, the first thing I would say is read your local news. I mean, that is the best resource you've got for what the community is thinking. And so you listen to your local radio station. You only have to probably pick up a couple of bulletins a day. Uh, and you make sure you get that paper that they're generally throwing for free on your lawn. So that's the first thing. Understand the sort of stories that they're telling. The second thing I want you to do is to basically get in contact with a journal you might know. Okay, because make a friend of that person so you've got a ready resource. Okay, someone to quickly ring and say, hey, I've got this thought. Now, you'd be surprised how many people are working in the media one way or another. And most people think, oh, I know a graphic designer in my church, well, there's probably a good chance there's a media person around there too. And that should be helpful. So there's two very natural resources. The third one's a little more mechanical, but basically I would contact Geneva Push. Uh, If you're part of our network, if you're actually involved with us, most people don't know that we Actually, offer media advice. We have a media guy.
0: His name's Mark Hadley. He's speaking now. He should go on
2: the
1: podcast. Actually, he should.
2: (laughs) But it's true. A part of my job is to help church planters through this crisis moment when they've either called media themselves because they've got a story they want to tell. Or they've been called by the media and they're starting to think, how can I make the most of this? So, look, get the advice where you can get it.
1: So we've had, as an example of that, well, you just spoke to Jeff Taken a little while ago. Jeff planted in Maruka, Presbyterian. Yeah. Uh, he got called by the ABC and, he, you know, he emailed me and said, oh, I said, I don't know what to do. Talk to Mark. And you talked him through this and it was a really positive experience for yeah, him. Yeah,
2: it was because initially he's got both sides of the equation here. Firstly, he contacted his local newspaper to say, hey, um, we're starting up a well, Church watching. and and that was a great. I'd step. encourage everyone to do that. People should and there's it's a it's another free kick. Mm. You know you're going to get a a fair bit of attention out of it in a local paper, uh, but then the local papers get read by the local news services. So the local ABC radio went well. Hang on, um, this is an an interesting idea, and so they started, and now it looks like it'll bump to a national issue because those sorts of things flow on.
0: So so how does how does Jeff prepare? Let's use Jeff. How, what are you telling Jeff?
2: Well, uh, one of the first things I told Jeff, but it's something I'd tell anybody, is identify the likely issues. You ask Derek, whether or not they would actually tell you what the story was about. And generally speaking, they will. They won't tell you your questions. That, the journalists tend to draw the line there. But what they will do is say, look, I want to have a story about this. So identify the key issues and come up with your summary sentence. Okay, we like to think that we could tell the whole story, but they won't let you do that. They're in control and they'll pick and choose, particularly if it's a a newspaper article. Haven't got a chance to do that. But you may know the five things they're going to ask about. You need one short sentence on each one so that you can leave them with it. If you don't have your sentence, you will not leave them with a memorable thought. Mm. Okay, I call it the headline sentence. Know what your headline is for each of those questions. Now, Mark, what if they ask you a tricky question? Oh, they'll never do that. They're the media. They're so, lovely people. So,
0: <laughs> so let's go to Derek. Think of it. Dream up a tricky question because you, you, you know, you're suspicious of the media.
1: I yes, I <laughs> am. So much exposure to them. Oh, the the question I that I even in interpersonal conversations you, you get is, why would you need to plant churches? Churches on the decline. We're all becoming atheists. You know, there are no religions are the other rise in the census. What's the point in planting more churches?
2: So the first lesson you want to know about a a tricky question, like that one, for example, look, you know, why even bother planting churches? Aren't Australians over religion? Uh, Is that you don't have to accept the premise of any question. So just because somebody says to you, Australians are over religion, the last census said, blah, blah, blah. What about this? Okay. Don't be backed into a corner just because someone has given you the groundwork and said, now answer my question. Redefine. Okay, so if somebody says to you, for example, look, um, the census says that Australians are increasingly irreligious. Um, I would stop them and say, well, no, actually, what the census says is that there are a lot of people who've turned their back on organised religion. It doesn't say anything about spirituality. In fact, my experience is that you can find more people ready to talk about spiritual issues than anywhere else. Now, see what I've done? I've redefined the question to something I'm happy to talk about, and I've actually moved it onto a personal uh, reflection, okay? Because the one thing the media can't challenge is your ability to reflect personally. I mean, if I start to say, a guy actually walked in my church the other day, and he said, now, how can they object to that? Because yes, a guy did walk into my Mm. church, and he did say that, and suddenly you're telling what? A story, the arc that they like, and they want to hear the personal. They feel like they're getting at the grassroots when you do that. So it's important to don't accept the premise. If you don't like the question, talk about an aspect you do want to talk about, and move it onto the personal ground as quickly as possible because it's unchallengeable.
0: So it sounds like we've got to tell lots of stories. Um, what I'm concerned about is, you know, do I do I have to be careful with my words? You know, I'm. All, Am I stuffing them up? I always say the wrong
2: thing. I'm a little bit emotional every now and again. This is the crisis that most theologians seem to go through, okay? Uh, Because you've spent so much time studying every last single word of what you want to say and because you've practised most of your communication from a pulpit, well, actually, we don't seem to have pulpits anymore, do we? We've got lectins. But look, because you've got a, a style of communication that actually has you focusing on every word you miss, The forest for the trees, okay? Because the really big issue when it comes down to the media is not whether or not you say exactly what you wanted to say and they report it exactly as you wanted to say it. It's actually how you sound. The most important thing is whether or not I sound reasonable, okay? So um, when I'm actually answering a question, I may be able to say some outrageously controversial (laughs) things so long as I... Smile when I say it. I kid you not that I can say, look, listen to this. It's a fact that most Australians are probably not aware of the danger they're in.
1: Is that true? And
2: (laughs) And the truth is that how you actually deliver... How you present yourself is what people will remember. Are we talking about great whites now? Are <laughs> yeah. oh, we talking about cars well, you the could, Yeah, exactly. There's, to be honest, there's I'm a, a whole technique that's designed. I could ring me. I'll talk to you about <laughs> how to actually inspire curiosity when you answer. But look, the most important thing there is that someone listening to me in Radio Land or, or reading my comments through the print are going to form a certain appreciation of my character one way or another they're either going to go yeah another stuck up he knows the answers church guy christians gee they make me sick with their self-righteousness or you're going to come off as somebody who sounds reasonable thought out if the pace of the interview is going really fast slow it down you'll sound reasonable
1: mark uh really helpful now can you just give us your one thing for (laughs) dealing with the media just one thing
2: yeah look here it is Don't be afraid. Be reasonable. Don't be afraid of them knocking on your door. If you think you're going to get through an entire career of saying the most controversial message on the planet without anybody calling you on it, you're you're fooling yourself. You're probably in the wrong business. Mm. Okay. But don't be afraid. Be ready. Be reasonable. That's excellent.
1: Look, uh, if you've liked what you've heard today, I don't know if you have. It's nice to hear Mike, uh, Mark in front of the mic. Uh, we'd appreciate it if you'd just take a moment to uh, go on iTunes, uh, show your love, leave a comment, send us a question. We'd love to get your questions, and uh, we'll start talking about them on the podcast as well. But nevertheless, thank you for joining us for this episode of The One Thing. Coming up in our next episode, Scott. Well, we had so
0: many questions from the episode with Matty Varko on how to deal with the non-religious. We thought we'd get him back for a bonus episode, and that's what's coming up next time. You can never have enough of Matty Varko. Never. I'm Scott Sanders, and I'm Derek Hanna. Chat soon.